Absolutely. The first factor is the user. That's a really broad factor, right? To say the user, Mm -hmm. but where is the user in their journey? What are they, what do they need to get from this documentation? And then what's going to be the easiest path for them? What's the lightest lift for a user? Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast, where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world, and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Steve Brim, Documentation Lead Manager at Data6. Welcome, Steve, to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Gowrie, and thank you for having me. Super. Thank you, Steve. So I just mentioned your name, but please feel free to introduce a little bit more about yourself and how did you initially got into documentation, please? Uh, Well, I joke that I was destined to be a tech writer. My mother was an editor and my father was an electrical engineer, and it still took me two careers before I... uh, Ended up in documentation, first as a contractor, and then uh, sort of uh, moved from there into a a number of long-running jobs. Um, But I've always been a writer, and when technology came along, I'm part of that generation that were kind of the first folks to have computers in their homes. And when that came along, it opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I I found that I really enjoyed that. So being able to to join my enthusiasm for writing and, and my newfound, at that time, love of technology has been a great thing for me. I, I uh, feel like I get to learn something new all the time and get to write because I'm one of those folks that would write no matter what. I always joke that writers, chefs, and golfers, what do they do on their day off? They write, they cook, and they play golf. So, <laughs> Super. Super. So that's nice. Uh, that's nice to know, Steve. So, so I think you're the right person to ask this question. Then, so what is your documentation process at Data Six, and uh, who do you normally get involved? Well, uh, we normally get everyone involved. Uh, one of our our primary tenants at DataStax, one of our our sort of core beliefs, is everyone is an owner. So everyone has some uh, role in sort of. Enhancing the customer journey. Uh, docs at DataStax are focused very largely on being there for our users at every step of the way from what is this to this is how I run my enterprise to I want to talk about this at a conference. So we, we collaborate with folks across the spectrum. We collaborate with the normal technical resources. We have a great engineering group and we embed writers with the engineering group. Uh, so that we're involved from the beginning of user experience design right through the marketing campaigns uh, and product launch. We also have groups focused on developer journeys. And one of our our new goals, our new uh, processes, is to really enhance the user journey through the documentation uh, to, to answer every question a user might have, not just teach them how to use the product, but teach them why to use the product and how to achieve their own goals through using the product. So we take input from from every corner. We have a Slack channel that the whole company is subscribed to uh, where we can receive docs input, and we regularly do. Uh, we have regular meetings with the support team, and they give us a lot of great feedback. And then dealing with our developer advocates and our field team, we get a lot of great feedback about where our users are and what they're looking for. 
Fantastic. Super. Uh, so with all these feedbacks coming in from different uh, departments, teams, and of course, customers, how do you manage your documentation workflow, Steve? Well, I'm very fortunate because my team are all experienced professionals and, and have a lot of experience at data stacks. So they're used to the sort of everyday churn that we get, but we use sort of the standard tools. We, we track uh, open source we track with Git issues, and internally we track with Jira. Uh, but we also, because we're we're a startup and a relatively small company, we meet with everybody very regularly. Uh, I meet with mostly with program managers to to make sure that everything's going smoothly from my end. The team meets with engineers. Uh, I'm part of the regular developer advocate meetings so that I can see what's coming. Uh, and then we stack it all up and see what we have the bandwidth to accomplish, and then we go back to uh, go back. To executives and explain to them what we're doing, make sure it aligns with their priorities, and uh, and identify very clearly. And, and this is, I think, really important for everybody in docs or in any kind of this environment. Uh, very clearly identify what we don't have the bandwidth to do, and we communicate very clearly that we're not doing it. Uh, I think that one of the worst things you can do is surprise folks when you get down to the end, when you get down to delivery time, uh, to have someone say, "Wait, I thought you were going to do this." Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of on-the-fly management. We can do that with a small team, with a small company where everybody's very responsive. Um, but we're also looking to implement a slightly uh, tighter process so that we can uh, spend less time on process and more time on actually working on the user journey. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I was just trying to understand, uh, since you um, align with the number of uh, teams like engineering and doc processes, right? So I'm just trying to understand uh, what aspects and viewpoints um, are you considering uh, when you align with uh, such teams? Well, that's an interesting question. So they, our primary viewpoint is always the user. Uh, I was taught early on in my tech writing career that we are the last advocates for the user. So our primary focus is always, how does the user use this? What does this mean to the user? And it's a great way to start conversations with engineering because engineers sometimes get focused on how the product works. And and I've always told my engineers, look, you guys are doing fantastic work. You are You are creating really cool things. The reason the user thinks it's cool is because it makes their life easier and that the metric here is the less time the user spends interacting with your code, the better your code is, the happier they are. So let me help you make this great. Uh, and and that's our always been our alignment with engineering. We have a very strong team technically, and that always helps when you're working with engineering. So we focus from the very beginning on improving the user experience as we deal with engineering. So making suggestions for things. Uh, I think we all know as writers that if something is difficult to document, it's going to be difficult for a user to do. If it's hard to explain, maybe it's too complicated. So we bring that viewpoint to the user experience team, to the engineering team, and then aligning with the, the product management team and the developer advocates really strengthens our ability to communicate with the engineering team reinforce the message of this is what we're designing the product experience to be. This is what we're designing the product to do. And we have an intention for how users are going to use it, right? It's not simply a a Swiss army knife that we put out there and say, here's a Swiss army knife user, do whatever you want with it. We build products, we design products to achieve user goals, and we have an experience in mind as we design them. And being the bridge between the folks who are designing that user experience and the engineering team, or being another voice with the engineering 
engineering team, uh, I think is one of the biggest value adds that we have, the ability to use our technical credibility with the engineering team to reinforce that user-focused message. Super. Fantastic. Uh, Steve, um, I know you did mention about your team uh, quite often already. So can I just ask you how big is your team, uh, if you don't mind? Sure. Our team right now is six people. Six people. So, so but and the reporting structure, like how do you report on your documentation and uh, who do you normally report to? Or do you report uh, to someone? <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I, I actually, I report to the vice president of product management. Um, we're a very flat company. Uh, we don't we don't worry about organizational charts and we don't really worry about titles. Part of our, our ethos of everyone is an owner is if you see something, say something, right? If you see an opportunity to improve or if you see a problem, uh, good ideas come from everywhere. But we do report now through the product management organization, which, again, I think really strengthens the message that documentation is here to enhance the user journey. It's here to to ease the transition from this looks interesting to this is a thing that I run my enterprise on. Uh, so it keeps us focused on the message. It helps organizationally, even though I just said we're not an organization chart company. It does help keep us focused on the user journey, the the developer advocacy for our our developers, our customers, uh, and we haven't because we were previously under engineering. We have great connections in engineering. It's in our DNA. I think it's in every tech writer's DNA to gravitate towards engineering. So we have great relationships with our engineering teams mm-hmm. and we're building great relationships with our product teams. And I think that makes us much more effective that we can can think about things from both perspectives. Fantastic. Super. So um, just following on to that question, uh, Steve. So um, I think I have two questions, but let me ask you um, the first one. So Important factors, what do you consider when creating documentation? What are your top maybe three or four important factors? Well, absolutely. The first factor is the user. That's a really broad factor, right, to say the user. Mm -hmm. But where is the user in their journey? What what do they need to get from this documentation? And then what's going to be the easiest path for them? What's the lightest lift for a user? So we align things by – we have a, a – cycle that we try to keep that starts with awareness and ends with advocacy. So a user is becomes aware of data stacks and what we offer. They become interested. They do some research. Uh, they, they start to use it in a limited sort of sandbox kind of way. They find that it meets their needs. They move it into production. They find that it meets their needs again. And then they become advocates for us with other users. So we try to align our documentation with the stages of that cycle so that a user is always going to get what they need. Now, the other bottom line is technical documentation always has to answer the question of how do I, what does this knob do? What does this setting do? How do I do this very technical thing? So we always focus as well on technical completeness. So we start with where's the user in their journey? We design the architecture to meet the user where they are. And then we want to make sure that the technical content is exactly right because technical content that's not quite exactly right isn't really helpful to anyone. Yeah, understood. Super. So I think, um, um, so in your opinion, um, what do you think has been the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking? So in your entire career, so what's the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking? Wow. Well, I guess that would 
depend on what you mean by document tracking. Internally tracking, um, I've become a huge fan of Git. I, I like knowledge bases. I like automation. I like the ability to know where every piece is at any moment and to create documentation that's sort of programmatic and created by rote. We do a lot of that with automation. Um, in terms of external document tracking, the as-a-service business has become a tremendous, I think, is a tremendous boon to technical writers because we can know so much more about who our users are because they are customers who are signed in. We can know not just that this is developer-facing documentation that's designed to help somebody at this stage of the process, but we can know, for example, that this person is using this product, that the last time they were here, this was what they searched for, and we can help present them, we can analyze that information and help present them with predictive information that lets us say, you know, you, you were doing this, usually when you're doing this, <clears throat> we see that that means, <clears throat> excuse me, we see that that means that your goal is to complete this task. Let us help you complete this task, right? So the ability to know who, really know who our users are, right? One of the great mm -hmm. challenges in documentation is we're always asking everyone we meet, who are our users? Who is our audience? And now our audience tells us all about themselves when they sign in. Yep, super. That 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 I think that's um that's very true. So you cater your documentation needs according to the audiences because not everybody receives the documentation the same angle. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, with today's technology, we have so many ways to provide the the necessary information in a different format, to your point, that not everyone receives the documentation in the same way. Not everyone learns the same way. So the ability to provide uh, animations, videos, podcasts, uh, to help users really digest information in their preferred way, I think has been a tremendous help for all of us. Uh, and open up a lot of markets for tech writers if uh, if you're a bit enterprising. Yeah, true, very true. So I know we are just uh, into 2021, just coming to a kind of closure to the quarter one. Uh, but what have you what have you been focused um, in the early stages of 2021? What's your focus mainly been? Um, well, we've had a couple of large product launches in the first quarter of 21. So the team's been really focused on supporting those. But the biggest, I think, part of our focus has been that transition as we've only recently moved to reporting through the product management structure. And as the company itself is still turning towards a more enterprise-focused, developer-focused uh, way of developing things, way of doing things, uh, we've really been focused on how do we transition, take this really great set of documentation that we have that's very technically complete and really suitable for existing customers who want to really extend what they're doing with our products. How do we transition that to generate awareness among potential customers about our products? And how do we ease that journey from being aware of data stacks and data stacks products to being a user. So it's a different type of writing and a different type of question to answer. And as we begin to restructure our content to, to face that and interact more with teams that do things like run workshops and, and uh, create training scenarios, um, we're finding that we can move further upstream in the development process so that we're aware, not only aware of what's going on early in the process, but can help shape that, uh, you know, give a documentation uh, an information architecture kind of view of how we want to, how we might be able to help users as we do this. Uh, and I think it's, again, opened up a lot of interesting opportunities for the team. It has also uh, challenged us as we learn new skills, which I think is great. I've been in this business almost 30 years, and I think it's, it's uh, 
I don't think a year has gone by, a quarter has gone by that I haven't had to learn something new. <laughs> and I certainly have been very much in learning mode for the last couple of quarters. And I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. it. It does feel like every day is drinking from the fire hose. But at the end of the day, I feel like I've really learned something and that I've got uh, some more to offer to the users by learning those things. Absolutely. Fantastic. So I uh, I know you referred uh, users in uh, a number of places during our conversation. So one thing I did not uh, capture or miss to understand is uh, what's the nature of your documentation, Steve? Is it uh, publicly available or is it uh, with a username and password access restricted? So most of our documentation is available publicly. Uh, and we, we like to keep it that way. Datastax is very much an open source company. Uh, many of our products are based on open source Apache Cassandra. So we're, we're want to be engaged and, uh, respectful members of the open source community around that. So we keep our documentation open. We actually contribute significantly to the Apache Cassandra documentation. Uh, at one time we hosted some of that documentation on our website, but we've been able to work with the community, uh, to improve that documentation and host it elsewhere. Uh, so there's also the matter of our documentation is our largest user facing surface. So you can't generate awareness among users if they have to already know who you are to see your documentation. So we put it out there. And we generate a lot of search traffic through our documentation. Uh, we're, the, our documentation is responsible for about 80% of the traffic that comes to the Datastax site. Uh, so we try to leverage that into more awareness of the products and more awareness of, of how we can benefit users and enterprises. Fantastic. That That's uh, very nice to know, Steve. So, super. Um, I think uh, we are almost to the end of the round uh, one. So, we will, I just have only a few more questions, uh, but that's going to be a rapid round. Um, so, are we ready? Sure. <laughs> super. Who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? You know, I thought a lot about that question, and I think the answer is the organizations that I've worked for. I could name names. They, I don't know how much they would mean to your listeners, but uh, in terms of people, but I've had the benefit. I started my career, as I said, as a contractor. I learned a lot uh, working in the contracting business about being flexible and focusing on opportunities and owning my career. And then I moved, uh, worked 19 years at IBM. And at IBM, they have a very strong documentation culture. So I, I worked with a lot of folks who really understood documentation. A lot of thought went into documentation processes and documentation users, and it was a great place to grow as a technical writer. And since then, I've moved on to other organizations where I've kind of become the teacher, and I've learned that you learn probably more from teaching than you do from studying. So it's been a, a fantastic journey for me moving to Red Hat and working with a fantastic team there as we grew significantly during my time there, learning how to grow an organization, how to help develop that culture. And now at Datastax, as we're making this turn to really focus on users and enterprises uh, to work with this team as we as we focus on becoming that on-ramp to the Datastax experience, uh, you know, it's I've learned, as I said, I've learned a lot every everywhere I've been every year I learn something. Every quarter I learn something. Probably every day I learn something. But I think the biggest benefit has been to be part of these strong organizations with strong cultures uh, that really know who they are. And you can learn a lot in that framework that if you were having to figure these things out for yourself, being a lone writer at a startup, uh, you really need to know who you are as a writer and what writing culture you want to create. Uh, so it's been fantastic to be able to learn not just from individuals, but from from institutions. Fantastic. Super. So um, 
In terms of documentation related resource, you rightly said everybody learns everything uh, every day, right? So can you point us uh, on and the audience to some uh, um, useful resources relating to documentation? Uh, absolutely. Lately, I have been consuming uh, I'd Rather Be Writing, the blog I'd Rather Be Writing, mm -hmm. uh, voraciously. There are a lot of excellent tutorials around technology and a lot of well-thought-out commentary about how we can approach users with it. Um, the fact that we are largely an API-focused company, that our one of, one of our advantages uh, for users is the ability to interact with our products via API. Uh, there's a lot of great API documentation and uh, tutorials on automating some of that process that have been very helpful to us. So I, that sort of led me there from organic search. And I've, I've stayed, I pick up uh, the RSS feed now and read the new articles when they come out because I, I think they're very interesting. Fantastic. So I would rather be writing from Tom Johnson. Super. So um, my last question for today, what is the one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Well, one of the great things about giving advice to my 20-year-old self is you don't have to worry too much about what it is because he wouldn't listen anyway. But <laughs> to any 20-year-old writer now, I would say as you're beginning your career, there's really, I think, three things that you should always keep in mind. You should always stay focused on. Uh, you need to own your own career. Uh, Fox organizations in particular are full of folks who are happy to do what they're doing. And that's great if you're happy to do what you're doing. But if you want to advance your career, you need to not do it at the expense of everything else, but you need to keep an eye on that and, and you need to own it. And as a manager, I love it when my folks say, this is where I want to go. And then my job as their, as their manager is to help them get there, to map that experience uh, and make sure they get those opportunities. Always focus on the technology because the technology changes, right? That's the beauty of technology is it's all, there's always something new. Uh, so always make sure you're comfortable with it. Always look out for the thing that's going to help you do your job better. Uh, and the last thing is always focus on the user, right? Don't lose sight of the user in the technology. Uh, users are largely the same. Take a step back and look at what is the journey we're trying to create here? Who is my user? Where are they? What do they want? Because it's great to create these great sets of reference documentation that include all the commands and all the processes and all the switches. But at the end of the day, users come to us with a thing in mind that they want to do. And the best documentation is the documentation that gets that done as quickly as possible and as painlessly as possible, right? Users, I think, care much more about how easy something is than about how efficient or how technically, technically superior something is. So documentation is really that, I sort of think of it as a slide, right? We are, we are the, the smooth surface that helps users get from where they are to where they want to be without a lot of friction. So always be focused on who your users are and what they're trying to do. Don't lose sight of what they're trying to do in what you're describing for them. Fantastic. So I think that's uh, very true, Steve. Um, so I know I did uh, a speech a few weeks ago and uh, it was to a bunch of millennials and I said, one thing nobody likes and even my kids don't like is advice. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I've gotten older, I really appreciate advice now. So I'm making up for lost time and I'd like to apologize while I have this platform to everyone whose advice I ignored uh, when I was 20. 
<laughs> that's right. You learn from your own mistakes and that that's the greatest lesson, right? <laughs> well, I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes. I don't have time to make them all myself. <laughs> Super. So anything I missed to ask you today, Steve, that you would like to share with our audience? Uh, no, I've, I've had a great time. It's been a great experience for me. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that the folks listening will find this helpful. Uh, I, I have a tendency to pontificate a little bit, but this was a great platform for it. And you've really helped me think more about uh, all of these questions. What are our processes? How do we do this? Uh, so it's been a great experience for me. And I thank you for having me on. Fantastic. So the pleasure is us too. So have a great day and uh, wherever you are, enjoy the sun and uh, good luck with your future projects and more documentations to come. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.